all you mothers, I, I do want to say happy Mother's Day. And I'm going to encourage us for just a few moments. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Proverbs. We're going to look in the 31st chapter of this book. And I hope we find some things that are interesting that maybe you haven't heard or, or maybe you haven't read about this book. Uh, as we think about qualities of a Christian mother. Qualities of a Christian mother. While you're turning there, great leaders are developed by a variety of influences. And throughout history, when asked who had the greatest impact on the lives on these great leaders' lives and who was instrumental in shaping them in their views, most, if not all, would say their mothers. Um, Consider these three quotes. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. This, uh, this is a quote from President George Washington. President Abraham Lincoln once said, All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. And when speaking of great teachers in their lives, the British Prime Minister Winston Churchill once said, you have omitted mention of the greatest of my teachers, my mother. These three men contributed much to this world. And they owe all that they were and all that they accomplished to their mothers. You know, if we look in the Bible, we find that in ancient an ancient Middle Eastern king by the name of Lemuel, Lemuel, he may have, he could be added to this list. He left behind a record of his mother's instructions to him. The instructions his mother left has been preserved by the Holy Spirit of God as a part of God's inspired word. And we find the words of this mother here in the 31st proverb and I want us to look just in one verse in verse 28 here in Proverbs 31 the Bible says this her children rise up and call her blessed her husband also and he praises her (laughs) that's worth that's worth reading again isn't it yeah her children rise up And call her blessed. Her husband also. And he praises her. This is God's holy word. It's not yours or mine. It's God's word. 
God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what it means. We thank you that you have blessed us beyond our deserving. And you've given us your word so that we could apply it to our lives, so that our lives could be lived out for your glory. God, we just thank you for the blessings that you've given us. The greatest blessing was your son, Jesus Christ, who came to this sin-cursed world and gave his life so that we could have an opportunity to eat from the tree of life, that we could have a relationship with you through him and that we can know that heaven is our home and that we can live forever in all eternity with you. God, we thank you for that blessing. Oh, but God, you've blessed us in many other ways. And one of the blessings you've given us in this world is mothers. And God, we just thank you for our mothers and we pray, God, that you would continue to bless those who have who are with us today God we pray that you would pour your spirit upon them that you would bless them those God who have gone on to be with you we pray that their words follow them in their children God we pray for those who didn't have the opportunity to have a God fearing mother God that you would help them to see their need to be that God fearing parent to their children and God, we'll give you praise for everything that takes place. And God, if there's one here today who doesn't know you through your son, Jesus Christ, let this be a day that they say it's time to stop running and start being who God has called me to be. And that God, they would surrender their life to you. And God, will give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. In this final chapter of Proverbs, we really find that this is an, a very unique book. It is the only words of caution that comes from a mother to her son. Actually, it is the only admonition addressed directly to a king. The book of Proverbs begins with the instructions of a father to his son and ends with instructions from a mother to her son. The book of Proverbs shares critical truth that the primary place of learning is in the home. Parents, not school teachers. Parents, not preachers. Parents, not rulers, parents, not philosophers, are the most important wisdom teachers in the world. God has assigned parents the sacred responsibility to lead their children to trust or, as King James would say it, to fear the Lord, to correct and discipline them. And to teach them the word of God. If we take that responsibility seriously, our children have a better chance at becoming productive contributors to society. Someone once said, first and last, the home is the stronghold of the nation. As the home is, so is the homeland. You want to know why our country is in the mess it's in? Because we don't have enough Christian homes in this country we're living in. 
when there's a Christian mother in the home who takes her responsibility seriously, her children, the Bible says, rises up and calls her blessed. That word rise up, it means to stand and make a public declaration or an announcement. And what the king's mother here is saying is that her children will want to shout out to the world just how precious their mother is. And she is behind whatever success they achieve. And unapologetically, they will stand and bless her name. And we see this throughout commercials. When you have celebrities and they're endorsing things or one or they've done something great on a on a football field or a baseball field or a basketball court, they're usually giving credit and praise to their mother for their accomplishments. Well, let's keep in mind when we hear these things, they're adult children. Uh, because at the time of this mother's writing, young children would not have been given a public voice. Some of you here today, you remember when children were seen and not heard. You remember when children, when they were around adults, they stayed quiet. Now, that's not so much the case today that we're living in. But some of you remember uh, a time like that. And truthfully, most boys and girls... They will not want to honor their mother and their father with, um, or honor their names when their parents are applying scripture to how they're being raised. When their parents are enforcing the rod of correction. When their parents are establishing limitations for their children. When their parents are protecting their children from themselves. They don't want to shout our names and how great we are from the rooftops. Instead, they're irritated and they're often frustrated because they don't get to do what they want. But we actually know what's best for them. So we don't always give them what they want, but we give them what they need. But when they're mature, perhaps as in my case, when they become mothers and fathers of, them, of, their, of their own, they start to thank God for the parents that they had. And they are diligent in singing the praises of Christian families. So the question now arises, what qualities must a Christian mother possess today for her children to call her blessed? Well, here in Proverbs 31, we find many qualities. You can almost put your finger on a verse and you find the quality, and but we don't have time for that. For time's sake, we're going to mention three today. And the first thing I want us to understand is that a Christian mother must model or be a model to her children. Now, I'm not talking about modeling clothes or, or lingerie or, or some... Um, some device. I'm not talking about that kind of modeling. This woman here had a family and a house to run. So sleeping late was not an option for her. She is a model of discipline for her children. 
Verse 15 helps us to see that. It says she also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. It tells us here that before daylight, she's disciplined enough to rise up and make breakfast for her family. And this was necessary in the Middle Eastern time, in this Middle Eastern time. And it was necessary because men would begin to work early in the morning. And they would begin to work early in the morning because pretty soon in the afternoon, there was an extremely debilitating heat that would come down upon them. So they had to get everything done or as much as they could possibly get done done before the heat came upon them so they could rest at that time so she was disciplined enough to rise up early and make sure that her family had what they needed but not only was she disciplined in making sure her husband her children and her servants were fed but she was disciplined in contributing financially to her household we want to think that it was only since the, the movement of women's liberation that women started working. Well, that's not the case. And we see this here in the text. In verse 16, the Bible says she considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. In other words, it tells us that she was able to evaluate things. She developed a business mind. And she was able to evaluate a field and judge whether or not this field would be profitable for her family. She was, uh, once she determined it was profitable, she would buy it herself with her own money. She purchased the field and turned it into a vineyard. And in that day, a wife or mother or both would make a sacrifice of forsaking her own desires for what she felt her family needed. Now, discipline is what children need modeled before them today. You can go throughout the school system and you can find undisciplined children, not just in the classroom, not just in the hallways, but on baseball fields, on football fields, on basketball courts. You find that coaches can't even discipline their own players because parents are getting too involved. Yeah, I'm talking to you parents. Yeah, I remember how I was coached. And then I began coaching. And when I began coaching, I coached the way I was coached. And I got parents in my face. And that's why I don't coach no more. <laughs> yeah. They need discipline. As a matter of fact, they want it. They want it. Believe it or not. Now, you choose how you discipline your child. Whatever that rod is, that rod for you may be putting them in a corner. That rod for you may be taking something away from them. That rod for you may be a belt that hangs across your bed. Whatever that rod is for you, you work that out between you, the Lord, and your child. But there needs to be some sort of discipline. And there's nothing wrong. <laughs> I've said this in the past. There's nothing wrong with a healthy, with children having a healthy fear of mom and daddy. I'm not talking about a fear to where they are afraid of mom and daddy. A fear to where they just believe mom and daddy is going to do what mom and daddy says. A fear to where, yes, they believe that, but they'll still run and they'll jump in your lap and hug you and tell you how much they love you. Because they know you love them enough to protect them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, none of that's in my notes. You 
You know, I firmly believe the church is filled, this church particularly is filled with mothers who model this type of discipline for their children. And while I could name several mothers, for time's sake, I'm going to share one mother who's part of our church that I, I've come to know a little bit over time. And, and I, I can say this, that she was disciplined as she, or she modeled discipline to her children. And that's Miss Viney Hunt. And she has no idea I was going to say this, but she is who, who really come to my mind and my heart as I was studying this. Because we know uh, Miss Viney was a stay-at-home mom and, and she was a stay-at-home wife. But this didn't mean that she woke up and she was in her house coat uh, half the day. It didn't mean that in the afternoon all she did was sit around and watch uh, soap operas. No, what this meant was she was disciplined enough to plan out each day the day before and she made sure she fulfilled those duties she took in consideration her home and it would be presentable at all times she took in consideration her yard and it would be presentable at all at all times and she also took in consideration the extracurricular activities that her daughters were involved in and she managed that and it takes a business sense to know how to manage time everybody's not good at managing time Ms. Viney became very good at managing time. As a matter of fact, it, was, it couldn't have been a very easy thing. We all know where she lives. She lives right there at the South Carolina line. You know, I often tease some in that area that they pump sunshine there. It's so far away. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ms. Viney. <laughs> so we know it wasn't always easy, but you know, Mr. Stanlon... He never had to worry about his home. He never had to worry about the yard. He never had to worry about his children because he knew she was taking care of it for them. She was planning out every day, the next day, and all her duties and what they involved. You know, for you busy moms today, for you busy mothers, I want to encourage you to always consider what you're modeling before your children. Your children will learn more from watching you than any book they'll ever pick up to read. I'm sure all our mothers make sure their children have what they need to start each morning, even if it comes to the sacrifice of sleep and their own desires. But I want to encourage you all to be sure that you model what it is to be a Christian mother, a mother whose children can hear them call out to God on their behalf, a mother who is not, not only believes the word of God, but she reads the word of God, she studies the word of God, and she applies the word of God into her life a mother who brings her children to church and isn't afraid to stand up and worship the Lord in front of them Christian mothers model for your children what matters most and that is the becoming a disciple for the Lord Jesus Christ Matthew 28 19 and 20 says go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you and lo, I am with you always, even until the end, end of the age. And the Bible, it puts that word amen there saying, this is enough for you to know for right now. In other words, mothers, model for your children what it's like to be a servant of the Lord. Be that model for your children. But Christian mothers shouldn't just concentrate on modeling things for their children they should also be optimistic before their children if we and I, you know i want you to notice 
I want you to notice, I hate to tell you completely, but just notice these words that we're using. You see them, they're underlined up here. Notice the words and notice, well, just notice the words. I may give you another hint a little later, but if you look there in verse 18, when we say here that Christian mothers must be optimistic before their children, verse 18 says she perceives That her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. This mother is confident. We see that she is confident. She perceives that her merchandise is good. She's optimistic that her merchandise is good. She's confident that she'll be able to contribute, contribute financially to the household. So she girds herself up with strength and she works until the job is done. And most mothers display an optimistic attitude toward their children. Most moms believe their children can do anything. And then there are some moms who know their children. (laughs) But children need to know that mom's in their corner. They need to know mom is in their corner. As a matter of fact, we see an illustration of this with Jesus' mother, Mary. In John's Gospel, chapter 2, what we find is Mary and Jesus are at a wedding feast. And when they got the news that the wine had ran out, she asked Jesus for his help. <laughs> I don't know what part Mary played in, the, in what was going on in this wedding, but she goes to her son and she asked for his help. She wasn't sure what he would do, but she was confident. She was optimistic that he could do something to correct this situation. She was so confident. She was so optimistic that she told the servants to do whatever he says do. She believed in her son. You know, psychologist, psychologist Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania stated that children's attitudes are shaped by their mothers. That by those of, uh, more by those of anyone else. He went on to write, if a child has an optimistic mother, this is great. But it can be a disaster for a child if he has a pessimistic mother. You know, in this day and time that we're living in, our children, they need to know they've got someone who believes in them. They need to know that their parents, especially their mothers, believe in them. They need to know that they are valued. They need to know that they're of worth. They need to know that if they get knocked down, that they have it within themselves to get back up. They need to know that they can set goals and they can make plans to reach those goals. The world's going to do enough to discourage them. The world's going to do enough to disappoint our children but they need someone who will tell them that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them we're living in a very cynical world so our mothers especially our Christian mothers they must be optimistic to their children yes we see mothers are to model a life of wanting to serve the Lord. We see that mother, mothers, Christian mothers should be optimistic. But a Christian mother must also be a mainstay for her children. 
There's a reason for these words that I've used here. If you look at those underlined words and you look at the very first letter of each word, I'm not that creative. I'm not that smart. But you know, God has a way of working in all of us when we know that he can do all things. You know, if we look there in verse 26, we find this mother is a mainstay. Verse 26 says she opens her mouth with wisdom and her tongue is the law of kindness. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the law and her tongue is the law of kindness. If we look there, we see that throughout the book of Proverbs, wisdom, the wisdom of a controlled tongue is an attribute that's to be desired. We see here in this verse as well that, that we should desire a controlled tongue. What this mother does not do is speak foolishly to her children. She doesn't speak wickedly to her children. Neither is there any evil intent when she speaks to her children. When her mouth opens to her children, it's filled with wisdom. Ephesians 4 and 29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. You know, there are times our children, get the, they get the best of us. <laughs> they, they just aggravate the life out of us from time to time. Uh, let's be honest. I got a 26-year-old who will soon be 27, so I got news for you young mothers. It doesn't end. <laughs> she doesn't even live in my house no more. It doesn't end. <laughs> but, you know, I can rely on her. Not because of any good I've done, but because of what God's doing in her. She come in the house on Friday. She said, Daddy, let me tell you what took place today. And, you, you, and when she told me, she said, you've got to know the Lord's are working on me. <laughs> but she, you know, she's just like her mama. <laughs> no, she looks like her mama. Unfortunately, she's got some of my ways. <laughs> You know, why, why is this so important? It's because when our children find themselves in a place that where they don't know where to turn, they know they can get comfort or they can get an edifying word or maybe even a wise word from their mother. They're looking for that. You know, Thomas Wolfe once told a story about a man named George. George was this huge man. He was six foot ten. And George didn't want to play basketball. He didn't want to play football. He wanted to be a writer. So George takes a trip up to New York to look for a career. And what he found was it's hard to get, have a career in, in writing and in publishing. So after getting a series of rejection slips, he took a train back to North Carolina. When he arrived, he walked into his home where his mother was waiting. And here this six foot, ten inch man kneeled down before his mother, put his head in her lap and wept like a child. And his mother's words to him was, son, I don't know what's going on, but whatever it is, it'll be all right. 
<laughs> this man, six foot, ten inches tall, he comes home and lays his head in the lap of his mother. Defeated, he weeps like a child in his mother's lap. Do you know why he done this? Well, it wasn't because of the rejection slips. It wasn't because he thought he had failed. It wasn't because it was it wasn't because he had nowhere else to go. So why would he do this? Simply, she had been a mainstay of encouragement throughout his whole life. He knew that he could be vulnerable with his mother. He knew what he would not hear was, I told you so. What he knew was he would not hear, you had no business going. He knew he would not hear, the big city is just not for you. Instead, he received gentle, encouraging words. He received what he needed in a moment that he needed wisdom from his mother. Whatever it is. It will be all right. You know, wise Christian mothers today, oh, we need them. We need them to be a mainstay for their faith. Your children at some point in their lives will find themselves in need of a mom of strong faith. She will be the one they come to when they're feeling low in spirit. And at that time, you must be able to point them to the one that can help them. To the one who can break the chains that's binding them. To the one who can forgive them of their sin. To the one who can save their soul. To the one who can seal them till the day of redemption. To the one who can present them spotless to our heavenly father. To the one who came to this sin-cursed world. To the one who died in their place. To the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave through the resurrection. To the one who will return and receive us unto himself. To the one who gives eternal life they need a mother who will be a mainstay in her faith they need a mother who will not only pray for them but point them to Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior Mm. (laughs) yes these are qualities found in a Christian mother There are so many more, but we don't have time for all of the others. We'll get them on another message, maybe another Mother's Day. But I want to encourage all mothers. If you have children and you raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, if you raise them with the qualities of a godly Christian mother, I won't promise you that your children won't try or even take their own path. Now, you're not responsible for what they do with the information that you give them or the example that you provide for them. You're responsible to be the example and to give the information, and they're responsible. Can I take this off your shoulders, mother? Your children are responsible for what they do with it. So I won't tell you 
I won't dare tell you that they all, if you do the right thing, will not find themselves in trouble. But upon the authority of God's word, I will tell you that they'll rise up and call you blessed. They may not like it coming up, but there'll be a time. They may rebel, but there'll be a time when they'll rise up and say, I was blessed to have my mother. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are not a mother, if you are a mother or father here today, but you are not a Christian mother or father, I want to tell you, you need to become a Christian. In fact, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, whether you're a mother or father, no matter what age you are, I encourage you, do not put it off, but surrender your life to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sin and commit to serving him. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. So why not? Why not become a Christian today? As they begin to sing this song of invitation, I encourage you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He'll change your life if you'll surrender to Him. I'd love to introduce you to this man named Jesus. Would you come?